Live from HMD Studio, it's Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. HMD studio. Welcome to another edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sather, where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture. I am the host, Armand Sather, aka Vegan Chorizo Poppy, aka the uh, founder of Bald Nigga Ballers, aka Billboard <laughs> Armand. We will get into that a little later. Uh, feeling good. It's been a been a good week, um, a very balanced week, and I'll probably get into the balance of of it all. But uh, you know, that's that's life. Life is all about balance. But I don't do the show alone. How you feeling, man? What's up, y'all? How you feeling? How you feeling? This is Nick Early, executive producer and co-host of Stay Busy. Uh, what is what is this balance you speak of, sir? Um, so you know we could just we could hold on. We, speaking of balance, you kind of loud in my ear, Cannon. Can you? We're gonna shout out Cannon. Cannon, in voice, <laughs> the guy. Right? Yeah, he's, of course. He's too loud. I don't like him that much. <laughs> I don't gotta hear him that loud in my ear. <laughs> All right, that's good. Um, and we, we'd be going out of order, but um, so obviously I debuted on Billboard this week and hey. interviewed Max O'Cream. Um, the debut <laughs> really, really. I've been working towards that for years, as you know. We've had many conversations about that, but right. I've I've accepted, especially in this journalism journey, is that you know the timing that you want isn't always the timing that's best for you. And I think with Maxwell's album, of course, coming out and it being a really strong album, and everything that he's overcome the last few years, and everything I've overcome the last few years, it just it, it made a lot of sense. And so it was like a really cool moment, but at the same time, like not that I wasn't excited about it, but Part of me feels like this is just where I I'm supposed to be. It feels like I'm meant to be where I am. So it's kind of like, oh, dope! This happened. I finally made it yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Let's l- let's make the next thing happen. Um, but the balance came in that I had a few opportunities that I was looking forward to fall through, and I've taken many L's over the years. And so yeah. it's not it, it, it they weren't anything that devastated me. But it's kind of like, hey, life is going to give you those ups, but also give you those downs, yeah. and you just kind of gotta be in the middle and just be okay with both sides and just keep chugging. So that's that's where I'm finding the balance at yeah, to give some more context to that. Right. Can't can't uh be too high or be too low kind of exactly just remain kind of even keel with it. Yeah, you know? yeah, because you, you get too high on yourself and then you have a low and then you just you you plummet like you fall off that pedestal or right, you know right. or even when, when in the moments where you're too low and then you experience a high you shoot right up, you can just shoot right back down. So I've just, I've been working on just being in the middle and being grateful for the good things and also being grateful for the bad things too because if you don't take a lesson out of if you get a lesson out of it it's not a bad thing like it may be bad in the moment but uh, it's something that can you know help you in moving forward so yeah that's that that's the whole balance thing to get into that but um well you you introed yourself already kombucha Mm -hmm. king that makes your heart sing oat milk olympian even though you don't have any oat milk on you today yeah i'm 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 i will i have a name for myself but will i i'm today i'm the 
the water jug warden. Okay. <laughs> With the way you was acting episode one, it makes sense because so, you was, you was. You know, it's funny. I was just giving you a hard time the yeah. whole time. I'll, I'll tell the audience. I was just giving him a hard time. I actually always have one myself. Yeah. I, I, I be trying to stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good for your skin. You it's know? very. Drink your water. Yep. 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 So. I want to thank you all for tuning in, tapping in as well. And any new listeners, whether you like tacos or quesadillas, pita or tortillas, wicked or mamma mia, and Tamara or Tia. Ooh. Well, <laughs> tacos or, or quesadillas. <sighs> Dang. I ate, I feel like I ate both equally growing up. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> Ooh, it's tacos for me. Yeah, it's tacos. For I me. think so. I, I think me too. But I love quesadillas. Quesadillas are great, man. Yeah, like I love them, love them, love them. Yeah. Tortillas or pita? It really depends. I'm assuming you mean flour tortillas. Here. Yep. Yeah, corn. I don't, I don't do. You I don't don't like do corn, corn tortillas? I mean, corn is I cool. Say, I, 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 I prefer flour tortillas though. Okay, you yeah. like bread? I do. I do like bread. <laughs> Try to avoid it. You know, nah, nah. a lot of carbs and all. Nah, that. definitely tortillas for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I like pita though. Pita fire. Pita's great. Uh, Wicked or Mamma Mia? I've seen Wicked live. In me Wicked, too. When, yeah, no, Wicked is the one. Incredible. Uh, Tamara Tia. So, I liked. I, I think after, I feel like Tia like it was just the one that everyone liked because mm-hmm. Tamara, they made Tamara goofy. Yeah. And, like in everything they did, they made Tamara goofy. Yeah. Right? So it was like hard, I guess. For I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. It was like, you didn't even like think of Tamara that way. Yeah, you know honestly. Like, you just yeah. Like, you didn't even think of her that way because she was just always playing on the show. She was the goofy one. Like, yeah. In Twitches, she was the goofy one. Like yeah. she's just always been that way. But um, yeah, no, I I, I feel like. Yeah, I'm just going to go with my guy. It's Tia for me. It's Tia. It's Tia. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Tia for me. <laughs> it's giving Tia. Um, of course, we got to shout out our guy, Kieran Hurley, VP of everything, the man that you cannot see but you can feel up there in Ithaca, holding it down for the guys. Uh, I want to give love to Anchor, our distribution platform. If you do not know by now, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all the streaming platforms you would like to use, and you can get some sponsored ads regardless of your listenership. Like I said, we are back in HMD Studio, the lights, the big logo. In, in the back, Camden holding it down on the engineering, our levels and all that good stuff. So we here. Um, you know, I told you, we stay busy nomads. You don't know where we're going to be. Like, we <laughs> might be in Texas next time recording. Feel me? Worldwide, nationwide, stay busy. But uh, plenty to chat about. Um, so let's jump right into it. Uh, I kind of already alluded to, you know, Maxo and Billboard, but a really great conversation. Really great album, too. If you haven't, if you all haven't gotten a chance to listen to that, uh, features from Tyler, ASAP Rocky, Freddie Gibbs, Monaleo, Don Tolliver. Uh, my favorite tracks are 1159, Cryption, um, Streets Alone, um, For Real, For Real, a whole lot. Maxo's great, man. Like, he's, um, He's extremely, extremely lyrical, extremely clever. Like eleven fifty nine, he says, "I've seen niggas turn twelve like eleven fifty nine, and like it's, it's it's such a simple line, but it's yeah. like it's also it like hasn't been real said. clever. Exactly, that, exactly. Yeah. It, um. Oh no, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, I'm just saying it's taking the low hanging fruit. Yeah. 
and you know I'm showing, but like, making oh, it feel one. like oh one. shit, like he struck something because no one's ever said this yet. He's he's really really clever, really like catchy, catchy funny lines, but then really personal as well. Like he's he lost his brother last year, and he's wow. lost a bunch of different people to to violence or sicknesses. But he also just had a kid, so his his life is he's experiencing balance, the balance of life as well, the ups and downs of life, and so he really um he really paints a vivid picture on on this album. Where's he and from? Houston. Houston. Houston, yeah, That's yeah. That's right, because he, he knows our boy. Uh, Debo. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How you I, doing, man? I, I didn't get to publish this in, in the interview, but I knew going into it that he knew Debo. So I was like, yo, we have a mutual friend. Like, my guy went to Cornell, Debo. He's like, oh, Debo. <laughs> and then I told Debo that we spoke about him. He's like, yo, he always says my name like that. I'm like, it's, it's just so cool. <laughs> like, the world is so small that we know this guy we went to Cornell with, who is friends with, genu- like Max was genuinely one of my favorite rappers. Like when Brandon Banks came out twenty nineteen, that was one of my favorite albums of that year. Um, and there are people saying "Way to the World" they feel is one of the albums of the year this year. So um, it's, yeah. it's 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 hitting the people in a way, and so I'm, I'm happy for him, happy for myself for getting that opportunity. And um, there was a lot of dope articles put out about him. Like he got an OK Player interview, Rolling Stone interview, yeah. Jason Buford. So shout out to everyone who uh, who covered him and told this story. But yeah, salute to Maxo, salute to um, RCA, salute to Rock Nation, who yeah. who he signed to under management. And yeah, congrats to to him. But real quick, go ahead. Real quick, I wanna I want you to tell the people what is it like. How do you approach preparing for speaking to an artist? Like as a journalist, when you have a feature, you know, give us a little yeah. bit of insight into that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my thing is I never want to ask them things that they've already answered before. So okay. it starts with watching their video in visual interviews and reading their interviews as well. I don't ever want to I don't ever want them to feel like they're repeating themselves. So that's it that's first for me. Second is listening to the music of course. Yeah. And through that you can take different things like the song Christian I was like is he trying to say he's a crip who's a Christian? So, so I, that was one of my questions in the interview. I asked him about that, and like his explanation for it was like super dope. I would encourage you all to read it. But essentially, you know, that's right. We're not giving it. Go read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Go, go read. Go the run interview. my clicks up. Um, <laughs> and every if you know me, you know I'm a huge wrestling fan, and he's constantly making references to WWF, Triple H, Jeff Hardy, X Pac, whoever. So I made sure to ask him that as well. Um, but my thing is. I'll do so much preparation going into it. Then when the person gets in front of me, like I'll have notes, I'll have questions ready. I will completely ignore my, my document of questions right. when I'm actually sitting in front of the person on zoom or in person, because I want the conversation to feel natural. I don't want them to feel like they're being interrogated. I don't want, I don't want it to feel robo- robotic. Right, right. I want it to be a genuine conversation. And I, I think that I was able to establish that level of comfort where he was, you know, joking around and, you know, just, just geek, saying everything like he he revealed he almost signed to freddie gibbs and lambo early in his career and like that wasn't something that that i knew he might have mentioned before i might have missed it but you know it's cool to just have those moments where someone tells you something that they haven't told anyone else before um so yeah you know it's it's a lot of preparation but at the end of the day i I don't like to bog myself down with feeling restricted to my document of questions i want to have a conversation with them because they're humans at the end of the day that's the biggest thing so yeah salute to maxo um we talked about this episode one. Uh, Maja Jordan released Wildest Dreams, 11-track project. Uh, features include Sway Lee, Drake, Diddy. Uh, earlier this week, we got uh, Forget About the Party. That was their fourth single after Waves of Blue. Mm. Been through that, Summer Rain. Um, and, yeah, the album's here. So um, how you feeling about it? 
I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't get to finish it all the way the way I wanted to. So mm-hmm. I'll, just, I'll just preface with that. But I'm like, I'm. What is it? <laughs> What's that movie? <laughs> I'm whelmed. It's not overwhelmed. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about? I've, I've, I haven't, I don't, I don't think I've seen the movie, but like, I remember Parks on Joe Budden podcast what? said that. He's like, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. <laughs> I'm just whelmed. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. I'm just whelmed. Like there is, you know, to be honest, when I heard the four piece where they put all the singles yeah, together yeah. and I told you like that track list and just the, the way it felt, I was like, mm-hmm. man, honestly, yeah. just say it's an EP. <laughs> just say it's an EP because I'll take it like that. You know, it, yeah. it really, I could tell that there was a little bit of elevation in the sound. Yeah. Um, I, it was still very them, much so them like is what you went to went, it's what you go to them for. It, yep. it delivered that for sure. Um, but you know, as I guess I had kind of, because I was running that four piece up, mm-hmm. like, in the last few days yeah. that it, since it dropped, I was running it up like a few times. I, mm-hmm. I hit it once. I was like, oh, no, run it back. <laughs> oh, no, run it back. And so I guess I kind of started to, to develop a rapport, if you will, with the sequence, right. which I think is not good. But I realized immediately I was like, oh, this is a this is them giving us a little example sample sort yeah. of situation. So I was like, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. But it, it had me hopeful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not that they blew my hopes or anything like that yeah. but no it, it was just like so for example like the, the i pull I had to pull up the track list here really quick the summer the the joint um what's the joint where it's just the guitar him and guitar might be the title track i don't Water, think it's the title track i'm gonna play some i'm gonna play too much of it but basically yeah so he had he had a track on there where it's just him and, and guitar and it sounds just beautiful like mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of you know the ballad thing and then they got of course that electronic sort of soulful pop yeah uh, that, that we get to them for but it, there's a lot of things here that it it, it was like damn we had to wait this long for this <laughs> not that it's disappointing though yeah. too it's just more so like y'all it, you know it, it's very much so you could have been giving us this yeah you know what i'm saying like so i really enjoyed what i've heard of it so far but yeah, no, it wasn't anything. I was just like, oh my God. Just like, they're back. It's yeah. like, uh, everyone simmer down, simmer mm-hmm. down. We're back. Here we go. You know? Yeah. Uh, I didn't really care for the Drake joint mm. uh, just because the, his melody choice was strange to me. Mm. And it's this, our first listen for sure, it was <laughs> like, uh, it was just like that. And then mm. the, I will say the title track, that one, the production seemed a little bit underdone like a little too understated and i know they like to keep it simple but bro, you listen to like space between which i still think from what i've heard is the best and you said mm-hmm. yourself i won't yeah. steal your thunder but that's no, cool um it's just i was expecting a little bit more in certain moments it's mm-hmm. like okay you know where's the production gonna go it's more than just you know setting a cool vibe with some chords or some synthy stuff like give me some arrange i'm i'm in the space now where i really want to hear arrangements bro yeah. like my favorites mm-hmm. you know i want to hear i want to hear chord changes i want to hear different things I, i'm just expecting a little bit more maybe to my fault or i have unrealistic expectations from some people mm-hmm. um but you know i i just want to hear a little more and so a few songs left me with more to be desired from a production standpoint for yeah sure. yeah you know? I thought it was good. Like it wasn't like spectacular, but it wasn't bad. It was just it was just good. Like right. it definitely quelled my concerns. And I think, you know, and you brought up a really good point when we first talked about did they miss their moment? Like because what we perceive as momentum, they might not have perceived as right. it. And it's like that's been their mo throughout their careers. They'll drop something, they'll disappear. 
they'll drop something, they'll disappear. So maybe, you know, what they, what we, what we've gotten accustomed to as someone going on a run or being a star, that just may not be their, their MO. And that's, that's perfectly fine. But, you know, none of their projects have ever disappointed me. This one is the same. This isn't disappointing. Uh, I really like their chemistry with Sway Lee. Sway Lee is like, He's really dope with he's the with the pop stuff. Like he's so versatile. He's mm-hmm. he, he's he's a chameleon. Like my boy Bryce Hayes tweeted, like Majid and Sway Lee are meant to make music together. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I, I agree. Like yeah, this no, is solid. it's a dope opening track to the album. Um, we need a whole project birth though. Nah, definitely not. Definitely not. The track um, is cool. The track. track is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Summer Rain. I didn't like as a single. I like it better in the sequence right. of the project. I think. At coming after dancing on a dream coming before stars align with drake it, it makes sense and and that's the thing we always talk about is you got to get the context of the entire run of the album i really liked stars align with drake when i first heard it i was like oh this is different am i gonna like this yeah. and as i sat with it more i ran it again i was like nah this is really dope and i think you know the cool thing is drake is experimenting it's something different from him it's a tone it's a it's a it's a melody it's things that we haven't heard from him before and it's Things that people want from him on his album. I remember talk, I had a conversation, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to refer to this. The conversation I was referring to last week, I said the conversation I'm referring to this week. I was talking to my boy Caleb Catlin, um, and he was, we were going like for like an hour. He was just. He, <laughs> you a defense on Drake? What? No, 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 because no, oh. no, it, it wasn't even me defending. I, I was like, he, this is the, the guy who said he felt like 7 a.m. on Bridal Path was. Drake has done that before. Go listen and, again. And he and and he felt like no friends in the industry was more daring and more whatever. And I'm just like, I've come to accept, you know, Drake albums. We're not going to get the experimentation that we want on his sing- on his features, for example, like something like this, something like a twist and turn, something like uh, like uh, I, he. I feel like he tries more things on his features, like uh, every like. Latino record he's done it's never been on his projects it's only been on on features, features. Right, like yeah. he has a certain his albums like while he does experiment a bit he doesn't go too far left too far right but but I like that you know we can hear something like this right, and it's right. like it's it's dope it's dope it's something that we haven't heard before so I think I think people have to accept you know if they want that that experimentation from him you got to accept it on the features cuz his albums he's Doing a certain thing, and I, I'm, I'm avoiding the word formulate because I don't want to call it that. Well. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I like I, I can see why someone would say that. But anyways, <laughs> back to Majid. Um, I loved when I heard "Forget About the Party" this week. That was the single of the four. I was like, okay, all right, I'm I'm locked in. Like I'm locked in. That it's really good. Majid Jordan does really well with ballads. Like for being this like. 80s type electro pop more upbeat dance type music like they're really great with the ballads i've like i, I would consider gave your love away a ballad maybe Mm-mm. no Mm-mm. no i see what you're i it's, see it's, what you it's, mean. it's a little more up tempo it's up tempo but it's like smooth and I, nah bro that's a i don't know that like if that came on when I'm shopping, I'm buying something. I'm trying to think like what other record? Uh, no, because or, original heartthrob is the same tempo kind of. But Majid caught uh, up with Khalid is is a ballad like that. That one is a really dope ballad. 
Um, and yeah, they do really well with like slower type music. Like it's very, very emotive. Um, I, I don't know what it was about the Diddy ad libs on Sway, but I, I I just love that. Like when I saw Diddy's name, I was like, I hope he's not rapping. We, we don't need, we don't need a Diddy verse in 2021, but, uh, he just threw in some ad libs and I was like, you know what? That's, that's cool. Like ad libs to get a feature. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. But you know, overall this, this album was good. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I don't love it, but it was, it was good. And it was I definitely went into this like I don't know if I'm gonna like what I hear, and I I didn't dislike anything in particular. I do agree it could have been a bit more. Some things felt undercooked, as you said, but overall it was it was cool. It was good. You know, also too, I'm just looking at the track list right now. Mm-hmm. I actually pretty much finished the album. Mm-hmm. I got to maybe part halfway through uh, Sway, mm-hmm. and I had to like continue doing what I was doing. Yeah, um, so I just got to run sweet, but I. I'm guessing now I, I pretty much lived to it. Um, yeah. Listen to it. Yeah. yeah. I'm still space between and a place like this. Oh, yeah. A place like this is special. I, I think space between might be their magnum opus. And, you know, that that's okay. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, they're just getting back. They're yeah. just getting back into us, you know. Well, yeah. But I don't really care for the self titled. Yeah. It was cool. I don't really go back. Nothing to it like what stands out from the self title to you. Is, is that that where Drake was on? Was that phases? That's my love. My love. I'm sorry. My love. Yeah. Is this phases on that too? Though? Keep going through. No. That might be on a place like this. So I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but yeah, overall, it's cool. Cool project. Not- I, don't, I, don't, I don't dislike it. It was cool. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, her releases a new video and Colbert performance for for anyone. As as the as the resident her um, Stan the her correspondent on Stay Busy, <laughs> how'd you feel about it? Uh, I was just saying, like when we listened, I was like, "Well, look at that—a song that sounds <laughs> like her sound is the one that they put a video for." You know, I mean, in all seriousness, though, like I, what are the words that I want to say about this? I will always love her. Mm-hmm. I always support what they do with her. I'm I may be ready for a break. Mm. I may be ready for that. Wow. Um, yeah. I just like I'm ready. I'm ready for because like the crazy part too is that we were just talking about like when I said for anyone you're like oh was that joint even on the project? <laughs> and it's just like this is where I've gotten to like the space <laughs> of where I don't really know the joints like that. Yeah, she's got a lot of music out. Like a lot, but, but we know the other joints. Yeah. We know them. Yeah, boom, we can rattle off. And I say, if I walk with somebody, give me five her joints. They gonna they gonna get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some people give you ten. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just in a space where I'm just like I'm in. I'm enjoying from afar. Yeah. Right now, truthfully, I'm enjoying from afar, and I'm wishing her all the greatness mm. in the world. But I'm not as tapped in because that. Yeah, it's just I don't feel locked. I don't feel connected to what's out right now. Mm-hmm. Just because maybe I gotta run, spend a block on it. I mean, there were joints on there, but like, were, yeah. But it, bro, oh my god! And I still think about it, like with the way they touted it as the debut joint. Like, I, I really think a big part of it was just how long we were waiting. Like, we've been talking on this podcast since season one. Like, when her drops that debut album, it's going to sh- <laughs> shake up the world. And like, we expected it because look uh, at what she's given us prior to that. Yeah. There were no misses except for that slide remix, which we're not going to talk about. And it was like, I, I really think we sad. expected magnificence, and what we got, I'm. It's it's just fascinating that we 
<laughs> I don't I don't want to I don't want to go in yeah, on, like it's on like, the the machine around her. Right. But it's like, it's like we say it. We said it. We've said it. You know what? Where did where, why did you think this was the direction to go when you've seen what stuff from her has just resonated and been successful? It's it's uh, mind blowing. But uh, I yeah, I mean, yeah, she, she could take a break. Like, I guess that'd be cool. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just whatever. Like, I, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. I have no desire to go back to the album, and I think that just, that just said, like, I'll, I'll go back to uh, the, 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 the first EP. Was it, is it called Twenty One or is it called Volume One? Volume well, One. I'll go back to that. No problem. I'll, I'll go back to all our old stuff. No problem. This one is just like, oh, well, damn. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, nah, she's, uh, still, she's still fire. Yeah, forever. forever. Uh. Um. You you put this here. I just I, put I, it I, just to, just I, to make a note of it. I don't I don't really. <laughs> Kanye West changed his name illegally to Ye. That's all we got. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, dude. Just to, just to be a responsible. <laughs> right. That's responsible. Right. People should know that. Some people won't know that. Yeah. Yeah, man, you're right. You're oh right. You're God. right. Hey, this man hates Kanye. I don't. No I, I do not hate. I, I strongly dislike him. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. Why do people uh, cop with it? Try to try to do the the. I strongly dislike. That's like going up all the way to the door and not knocking on the door when you know you need to get in. You know well, you want to be on the other side. I mean, for me, hate is is a really strong feeling. What's that, strong? Strongly dislike. Yeah, if it's not strong. But no, no, to hate someone for me, it's like one. I have to know you to hate you. Like I don't think there's anyone I hate that I don't know. Personally, or I've never met personally, and I don't hate a lot of people. Also, but I think, and I've I've explained the reasons as to why I feel this <laughs> con- said, contempt to toward Kanye. Like you uh, know, I, I can go on and on about uh, it. So I, for me, it's just like these these things he does, and whether I, this feels like he just wants attention. Like I'm going to change my name to Yay. Okay, cool. Like I'm happy for you, man. Like so why why can Diddy go now from Puff Daddy Puffy to Diddy, to now he's what he goes by love now. Yeah, I mean I've never been invested in Diddy's name changes either. Those have been interesting to me too. But you know people want to reinvent themselves. Like uh, Kanye, I, he could probably use a reinvention. So hey, m- maybe we'll get some stuff that's better than Donda and <laughs> better than Ye. And Jesus King was actually good. I've I've I've, I've that, had some. That I've had some, good. Bro. Yeah, I, I've I've had some interesting discussions with people where they were like, "That was not good." I was like, "What? Jesus King was like." Really, really good. I think people, people also don't want to. Some people don't want to admit that they like the gospel song. Yeah, which yeah. I think is really weird. It's but. it's it's a weird like. Yeah, I I think if, if if especially if you don't come up in the church and yeah. you're not familiar with gospel music, then it's just a whole different ex- experience for you. But no, for me, Jesus King was good. So like that, you know. But I I. I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really don't care. All right, moving on. <laughs> um, another project we got this past weekend, Wale, Falarin 2. Um, now, this rollout was, you know, very interesting. Wale has been very – there have been two resounding themes for him over the over this last year. It's been giving flowers to people and heavy on the gratitude, which kind of go hand in hand. And so the first single from this was Angles, which we got this summer featuring Chris Brown, which features an I Need a Girl, I, I Need a Girl Part 1 sample. Really dope song. Like, I, I love Angles. Chris Brown, you know, Chris Brown and Wale are going to keep a summer hit on them. So Fact. not surprised. Second track was Down South featuring um, Maxo Cream and I believe 
Bella Beasy was his name. Let me just clarify that to make sure. Ye- Yella Beasy, not Bella Beasy. Yella Beasy. Yella. Um, and that features a still tipping sample from Mike Jones. And then the third single was Poke It Out, J. Cole, which samples Vibrant Thing. So, and Wale's always been a sampler, and he's one right. of the best samplers, interpolators in my mind in hip hop. So, th- I wasn't surprised strong, by this. But strong, with him yeah. continuing to say, you know, I'm giving flowers, I. In my mind, I was like, oh, this is going to be a project of, like, all classic samples, which is dope to me. Like, because, you know, Wale is the type of person who people feel how they feel about him. He's very polarizing people. Feel like he's always begging for attention or he's and he's jaded by the music industry. Rightfully so. He's dealt with manager problems, label problems, and, like, he is super talented. And he, and you know, because he came up in that class with J. Cole, Kendrick, and he's Drake. Salty. And he's like, salty. I don't. Uh, I not mean, like angry. Like I think he's not angry at them. I think he's like, like I should be up there too. Like I could be up there too. And I think all Walla has always been in the top ten conversations as far as like our generation of yeah. like people who've yeah. you know made impact or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. He but just he doesn't get on. his recognition because I think those three Cole Kendrick Drake exceeded expectations. Like they and sustained. Yeah, and for him, it's been it hasn't been like a start stop thing. It's like he's had quality every project but they just haven't moved the way drake cole kendrick has and you know as an artist like i I can understand why that would be something that makes you frustrated so you know what i think it is and just a real quick aside explain to me what you think wale's artistry is what's his message i just think he's very human He's, he's very vulnerable he packs a lot of different things into his art which i love like it's a stream of consciousness he'll give you a sports reference He'll talk about his mental health stuff. He'll talk about love. He'll be toxic. He'll be. He'll acknowledge his own wrongdoings. He's. He can. He can jump onto the trap stuff and just have fun. Give you a party banger. He's extremely versatile, and and he's a poet too. He's real poetic. Like, I. It's it's. He, What's his sound? He doesn't really. Ha- he doesn't have a sound. I think that's his. I think that's he. What got he him. he can do, everything, but. I think that's a cop out to the idea of like having a signature sound. Like, tell me, I can, you know, the Kendrick signature sound, you know, the Drake signature sound, you know, the J. Cole signature sound. Like, yo, this sound like a J. Cole, though. This sound like a, this person. Even, you know, a lot of other artists have that. That's why I'm curious to say, and I'm, I'm just challenging. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm putting out to say, like, yeah. what is Wale's signature sound? For maybe for those who, our Wale fans, mm-hmm. if y'all would say, give us some words on Twitter and let us know yeah. what you think. We'll, we'll we'll tweet this out to say like, what do you think Wale's signature sound is? What are those characteristics of it? It's like know? the, I guess it would be that like spoken word rap hybrid stuff, and then he does go go. He uses go go in hip hop, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I I couldn't put a label on what his signature sound is, and I'm a huge Wale fan. Like, at most I know. most of his stuff, I've I've loved. So I think that's what's not resonating. That's what's not clicking mm. because I couldn't tell you what his sound is because mm. I've heard him on a bunch of different vibes. Wale's mm-hmm. dope. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I've heard him on a bunch of different vibes, but it's like I can't point to a what's the Wale signature sound. That's fair. And I think people who are not as attached to a Kendrick, not as attached to a Drake or a Cole, can still can still point to a. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a Drake song. Yeah. Or that sounds like a Cole song. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's a good point. It's so, a good point. I'm just curious about. It. I think that's what's kept him out of that major conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all that to say, Falarin two 
Really enjoyed it. Uh, 16 tracks. We got Jamie Foxx on there. We got Boys to Men, Ant Clemens, Rick Ross. It's always good to see Wale and Rick Ross come together. And as I expected, there were a lot of different samples on the project. Things that I don't want to, you know, if you haven't heard it yet, I don't want to ruin for y'all. But um, it's it's really cool. Like the way the way that he did it, it it, it felt like he was having fun with the music and and there always it always feels like there's this tension within him which is understandable where he wants to prove something to people and he 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 wants that acknowledgement he wants that acceptance and people just continue to reject him and for me it's like yo at this point are are you not entertained like look at what Wale has given us over the last few years we got wow that's crazy 2019 we got the imperfect storm 2020 Falarin 2, if you haven't heard it, like that joint is dope. You can step back further than that. 2018, he gave us three EPs, Free Lunch, with uh, my boy with Cole. You go back further than that, Shine, which people didn't like. Shine is real dope. And Shine was really cool because Wale introduced, like, Davido to the people. Like, Wale's been one of the first people to link up with certain artists who are, like, the biggest artist out now yeah. like he's he's one of the first ones to kind of call on them and give them that spotlight so it's it, i i think while he's giving his flowers to legends on this project he also deserves his flowers too because he's been around for so long and given us so much like you might you might think you dislike Wale but you have a favorite uh, 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 every year you probably have a favorite song that Wale is a part of and you just can't deny like Lotus Flower Bomb, Bad, Ambition, like what he's he's just he's an indelible part of the 2010s, and you know he'll he'll go go down for me as as an all time great. So, Florence Two is dope. Definitely encourage y'all to tap into it. But with all that conversation, you know we are parched. So, what you sipping on? I'm sipping on the good H2O. Very important gallon version as the water jug warden. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying. Water break, not the real, <laughs> not the real water break. Shout out to anyone who's on Cornell's campus. Minute, at might between. need to get some some gin tonight. <laughs> I'm good off that. Yeah, no thanks on the gin. Camden, I hope you don't drink gin. Yeah, gin is disgusting. Gin we is don't, great. We, don't, we love ourselves. Gin is water. Oh God, yes. I can't believe that was a thing. Whew. Anyways, y'all, our half and half is coming out of music business worldwide. This is a really interesting story. I wanted to highlight this one. So Spotify is teaming up with Shopify. Mm. The Fives is teaming up. <laughs> the Fives is teaming up. Um, so Spotify is going to let artists turn their profiles into virtual merch tables mm. with a new Shopify partnership. This is by our guy Murray Stass. And shout out to Murray. I've, I've literally done so many half halves from Murray's work. Mm. So thank you, Murray. And so basically Spotify, so Spotify has partnered with Shopify as an e-commerce platform for those who don't know um, to, the, to have a new integration that will allow artists to sell merch via the artist profile. So when you go on to Spotify, click up, search up Armand Sadler, you can see, and then boom, you could buy a stay busy hoodie, which is coming soon. Y'all don't <laughs> comment. But uh, so yeah, that's going to be really dope, which is, a part of a new initiative for Spotify to help developing new tools and resources to help artists turn listeners into fans, fans into super fans, and ultimately for them to be able to earn more. So a little bit about how it's going to work. So what it's basically going to do is, uh, so teams will need admin access to the Spotify artists for artist counts. For those who don't know, Spotify has another app for Spotify for artists. So artists can go on, track their, their data, look at, you know, where the song is doing well, all time streams, all the this, this you know, uh, metadata that they can use uh, to be able to make decisions for their business. 
So that will all be ex- accessible to them. Um, so then once an artist's Shopify store is connected to Spotify, they can publish up to 250 items from Shopify to Spotify for artists. And then they can choose up to three of these items to show on the artist profile. So three items will be available to be for sale once you go to an artist's profile. Um, so, of course, they want them to allow to be, be able to easily manage their inventory and control uh, what's on there on the featured profile. So out of stock. A cool thing that I thought another feature was like out of stock items will automatically get removed from the profiles and then uh, new merch releases can immediately be shared alongside with the the, the new uh, release of new music. So, mm-hmm. for example, Majid drops a project, then you can see, get a Majid rug. I don't know. <laughs> whatever you whatever you like. Um, but I think this is a really, really cool thing. And, you know, Spotify has taken this step before because they've done you know virtual events, uh, mm-hmm. event listing, tipping. Uh, things you can do for you know first fan email tools just just really like fans first as I said I'm sorry um, so this is really dope and another thing you know Spotify don't be paying the artists the way they should <laughs> but one thing they're gonna do is say well you can go get your own money through our thing <laughs> yeah so yeah. Uh, I think this is this is an interesting opportunity and I think it, it's turning more what I think what they always envisioned this might have the potential to turn Spotify into more of a social network or like mm-hmm. a social media platform. Yeah. Because, you know, with the follow, like how many people do you actually follow on Spotify? Uh, Probably like 40, 50. Right. But, you, but it's I like people you know, and yeah. you're also a journalist, yeah. make playlists, all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. the average person I don't think is following people on Spotify, right? Yeah. And I was just thinking like, well, why would I have this? You know, like, and I think this is another step for them to kind of take towards trying to curate some sort of feed if you will like mm-hmm. you know outside of just the algorithmic playlist it's like hey your your favorite artist armand just dropped a new podcast he also has merch mm-hmm. go check it out you know i think that's going to be integrated as well so this is a really interesting thing that could be happening soon so yeah yeah spotify is always pushing pushing it forward on the social front i like it that's that's really why i use it primarily is um it's just well, it's more user friendly, and that like you can like merge your taste with one of your followers, and then it curates a playlist based off of that, and it yeah. updates it daily, like stuff like that. So they're always pushing pushing the needle. So shout out to Spotify. Let's jump into our employee of the month, brother Mike Hamilton Jr., senior director Mike? of commerce at Epic Records. We've given him a we've given y'all the intro already, but um, he's a 2021 hip hop R and B power player, uh, named by Billboard. Named a noisemaker by Hits Daily Double in 2020. Previously worked at Atlantic Records. And, um, yeah, he's just a really, really great follow. He's always presenting these interesting questions. Like uh, like the other day on Twitter, he was talking about how char- the like Billboard and the charts, they need to shift the way streams are counted towards album sales because, like, you can have you can have an album that goes platinum because like one song like let's say you drop your album on 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 Friday and you have you've had a single that's out for super long the album is immediately gold because that single has been cooking it's for on, so long it's cooking and yeah and it's kind of misleading it's like oh the album went platinum but it's like well no it's really just that one big song that's that's doing the thing and that's why it's become and music has always been very singles driven but especially now streaming it's very singles driven because you can put a song out have it cook for a year and you just throw an album out and the album could be mid but because you have that one song on there that resonated with people you can jack oh my album went platinum in a day this that and third and i've I've always felt that way too so um 
is always throwing out really insightful questions and challenging the industry. And it's dope to see someone within it who isn't just conforming to it. He, he wants to see it change for the better. Um, so, yeah, one more shout out to Brother Mike Hamilton Jr. All right. Let's get into some slides. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. Mm-hmm. So, we are here for the slide deck. I think you went first last week. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm mm-hmm. going to go first this week. Um, I brought a track. I got hip to this artist very recently, um, and she's she's been doing her thing. Like, she, you know, if I had to make a list of who I feel is going to, like, really be huge in 2022, this artist would be on there. So, this is uh, Byrie. The song is called Paraíso. Paraíso, Paraíso. And it's produced by Little Island and Johan Lennox. She's like that. She's she's like that. She's definitely like that. Um, wow. Her voice is really rich to me. Like that she, mixing was crazy. Good, great mix. The mixing was. Freaking she's a wild. singer. Just the progressions that the progression into that falsetto yeah. was. Mm. Um, good choice. That's a good, that's what a good melody would do for you, bro. Yep. It makes you listen. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to know her from nobody, but if a good melody, she's singing a good melody with a good voice. It's going it's going to lock you in immediately. Yeah, so like I I would see her all over social media. I'm like, "All right, everyone's posting about this girl. Well, let me listen to her. I play this track. I'm like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get um, it, guys. She had a show in New York recently. I, I didn't get to make it, but uh she performed with our boy Osar who who we played Asar, Asar what's up? last last season. Um and she's uh the, the streets the streets love her. She I thought, this song came out maybe like a month ago and like it's going crazy on audio max so she's resonating and um yeah i I can't wait to see what she does next we've actually been been talking so i might see some work for me and byrie soon so okay uh, yeah (laughs) that is that but um what did you bring for us to play brother oh man i brought a, a, a gentleman who is really 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 talented 
this brother is has been a songwriter for a long time, singing for a long time. Has done a lot of uh, videos online on social media, very present. Uh, I'm sure y'all have probably seen his video out there somewhere. He likes to do medleys and mashups of, of classic R&B songs, soul songs, pop songs, all types of stuff. But the brother is a, like I said, a songwriter, producer, as well as an artist himself. And so this is Mr. Kevin Ross. This is a song off of a project he released called, what's the project called? Audacity 2. Audacity 2. This song is called God is a Genius. Run it. was sliding yo that's a joint bro slide was sliding production arrangement vocal parts everything yes yes this is what my soul needs bro Mm. uh produced by marlon allen edrick michaels edrick miles sorry yeah edrick miles i was gonna get there (laughs) you know we usually say before (laughs) produced by (laughs) mr yes marlon allen Edric or Edric Miles, mm-hmm. Kevin Ross, and Jeremy Spruill. Mm-hmm. Spruill. Yeah. yeah. This is a dope record. Real dope record. It's a joint, right? Yeah, he's a- now, Red Brother, he'd be writing to like, it's, uh, who say, uh, it's heaven sent. I don't believe in coincidence. God mm-hmm. is a genius. Because otherwise, you and me, we wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. This is heaven sent. I don't believe in coincidence. Ooh. Writing with melodies and parts. Mm hmm. We'll do it. Yeah. I'll take vocal arrangement for 500 <laughs> For 600 actually. They do even numbers. I'll take vocal arrangement for 600 please. Uh, it'll beat being in your bag or being a sad boy any day. So yeah. <laughs> real, hashtag real music, as they say on, on social media. Exactly. But no, nah, nah, not to put it down any other artist, but yeah, he's, he's elite. He's elite. <laughs> he's elite. <laughs> so with that, ladies and gentlemen, the Slide Deck, Stay Busy Slide Deck playlist is available on all platforms at the link tree in our Twitter or IG bio. And if you would like a slide added to the deck, hit us at Stay Busy Pod on IG and Twitter or email us at staybusypod at gmail.com. Especially you artists, we, we, we want to hear y'all tracks. We, we want to play y'all stuff. We want to expose the world 
to y'all. It is hard for me to keep up with everything. I do my best to keep up with everything, but sometimes you got to put it in front of me so I can hear it and then play it for the people. Now, with that, um, we have quite the board meeting for you all. Are you are you ready for the board meeting? Good I'm sir. very rep- very prepared. <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> I had a good laugh. Yeah. Sort of just like I went through a lot of motions preparing for this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was cool. So, um, there was an article written this week by this past week rather by someone who I'm I'm, I'm friends with. Um, I, his name is Alphonse Pierre. He writes for Pitchfork. He is one of the more prominent writers for Pitchfork and just generally in the music journalism game. And, um, you know, he's he's given me opportunities to write for Pitchfork as well, and I'm, I'm very thankful for him. But he, here's the thing, and I say that to also clarify something for you all because I think we have this thing where when we're cool with someone, when we like someone, people are sometimes scared to disagree with them and to express that disagreement, whether publicly or privately, because of fear of missing right. out on opportunities or, you know, we have to be politically correct. But in in, in a field that is founded upon an art form, mm-hmm. there is inherent subjectivity. Right, there is right, right. inherent difference of opinion. And so... It's okay to disagree with someone. It's okay that you like something and I don't like something. We don't always have to make it these super messy, chaotic. We don't have to get personal with people and right. threaten people just because right. we right. disagree on something with regards to music. And so I say all that to say, while I do consider Alphonse a friend, I do disagree with him on certain things. I, I'm very familiar with his writing style and following him for a while, and I see why people do get riled up because his writing style is very... It's very conversational. It's very comical. It's very funny. It's, <laughs> it it's sometimes borderlines on trolling, which people don't like. But, you know, at the end of the day, he does, even in his borderline trolling, he explains things in way more depth than people on Twitter do. Um, and so I, I completely, completely understand why people would get angry at him. But it's... it's um. <laughs> It's it's also interesting because it's like this is just one guy and Grant he's on a big platform, but he's just one guy who feels a certain way about, you know, music or something. But the problem, which came up this week, right? There was a there was an article he wrote about an artist by the name of Tizo Touchdown, who yeah. I admittedly am not that familiar with. I know he was on Tyler's project, Call Me right. If You Get Lost. That was my first introduction to him because, like I said, I can't hear everything. It's hard to hear everything. Yeah, I don't always be, <laughs> I don't be on everything, but um. So Alphonse wrote an article about him, and the the title of the article alone is Tizo Touchdown is the insufferable fashion rapper of the moment. Um, the article goes on to essentially be very, very critical, but it, it, it goes beyond critical. It is, it is slanderous. It is condescending to an extent it is it's something that if i if i were the artist i'd be like damn this guy hates me like (laughs) wow no cap this is not the first time something like this has happened a lot of writers a lot of personalities in music they get their engagement they get their clout they get their followings off of being 
overly negative towards things, whether they feel it or not. Right. You, you you put a little sauce on what you're saying to to <laughs> to incite people to draw their ire to to oh, become the topic Lord. of conversation. And so this this article is it, it's 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 nuts. Like it, I'm sorry, it, I've been laughing the second you said you ready for the board. It, it is nuts. Oh, like it's it's Lord. it's like it's like damn. But also. I'm I'm familiar with this. Like this is how Alphonse writes, and there are a lot of people who agree with him. So it you know it's it's kind of just like you feel how you feel about it. But the problem came in when Pitchfork posted the the article. They they quoted lines from it. Um, I want to pull up the exact tweet so you can if you want to if you have anything you want to say before I, I before I read the exact I quote. Ooh, oh my goodness! No, the the reason why I guess I'm trying to express my laugh where my laughter is coming from. My laughter is coming from just because I'm just like, dang, bro, <laughs> like you must hate me. It, it was it was a very uh, I guess because I have no skin in this game at all. I don't I don't listen to Tizo. I um, I've, I've read some of Alphonse's work, but never put one to one together that it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, like going back, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I have read some of his stuff, but it was never this like. The stuff like this never stuck out to my mind. I just remember reading this article and just moments of just imagining someone saying this. And I'm like, God, this is like so this is just funny. Like the first mm-hmm. word of the article is "ugh." <laughs> <laughs> the first word of the article. It's is, it's crazy. Uh. It's crazy to say. It, and as as I search for the tweet, our, our, our friend uh, Olivia, uh, Olivia Shaw Hope from season two, shout out to her. She She made a really good point. She said, you know. And this is not about Alphonse. This is general, and and, and I'm going to get into one thing with one thing with this. Uh, but she said, "I've seen Pitchfork write kinder articles about abusers and and pedophiles, but they greenlighted this piece on check notes." Tizo touchdown. It's like you know that is a really good point. Like we people overlook a lot of BS when the person's music is good. Like I said, episode one, good music will uncancel you. Right. But um, the issue is when people think that the opinions of one artist reflect the publication's opinions. Yeah. Now, a lot of people in Pitchfork may feel the same way Alphonse does, but at the end of the day, this is one writer putting this out. Now, the problem, as I said with this tweet, Pitchfork tweets, and they quote the article without putting it in, in quotes. So this just looks like their social copy. Right, their thought, this yeah. looks like what, what they were pointing out. It says, geez, man, just go be a model and spare us. At least make a good song first. You see that without quotes, you're thinking, oh, this is the caption they wanted to put to promote this article. This, These are the feelings of the publication. This reflects how they truly feel. When you read the article, you see that's what Alphonse says. So it would have made more sense to put it in quotations. Quotes, right. And then, you know, put maybe tag him or something. That would have brought a lot of fire, a lot of, you know, mess into his mentions. But this mess is mentions every day. People, people love yeah, him or they hate right, him. Right, right. Um, and so that was the part where I was like, ah, they, yeah, 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 I didn't handle that right. And you know, I, I've written for Pitchfork, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm expressing a respectful disagreement with something that you know they did, because like you, you have to understand your power and your influence as one of the most prestigious, notable Platform. music publications in the world. People. Some people, people want that some, article. Yeah, people want that. Joint. Some people base <laughs> their music opinions off of what you say and what you do, 
And so there's a level of responsibility that you have to have in putting an article out. Like, you know, I'm I'm not saying you have to put the nicest thing right. you in, agree, in your you caption know. to promote the article, but you just have to be very careful about how you go about something like this because this is a very polarizing, contentious piece where, you know, the hugest fans of Tizo, they're all angry. They hate Alphonse or they hate Pitchfork because they're assuming that Pitchfork feels, feels this way. way. Yeah. And this is a larger issue with journalism and and criticism because people like like I've said so many times and I'm probably going to say this so many so many times throughout this conversation is people think the opinions of one reflect the opinions of all. Right. And that's just not the case. You are one you are one you're you're an independent contractor. You're you're a you're a WWE wrestler who, you know, you well rather you're a professional wrestler who goes to the WWE and then and then you might go to AEW, you might write, write for Pitchfork, then you might go to Billboard, you might go somewhere else. So like you're just one person expressing your opinions. But these artists, they see, oh, I'm on Pitchfork, it's lit, and then they read it and it's like Pitchfork is clowning me. This is gonna this may ruin my career. This may, you know, this, that, and the third. And so a lot of these artists develop these negative feelings towards these publications that some of them might have once loved because the publication said something glowing about them. Like Zach Fox, for example, (laughs) he got a 3.6 on his most recent album for his pitchfork rating. And he went on this whole rant where he hates Pitchfork and uh, Austin Williams, a uh, shout out to him, uh, former journalist, currently at BuzzFeed. He he said, you know, it's funny Zach Fox has such an, a problem with Pitchfork because they're the type of publication and people who gave him a platform in the first place. They right. took him serious as a rapper. So you wouldn't be where you are without these people. And then you're mad that they don't like one thing that you did. Um, and it's just a general sentiment that I've felt about some rappers is like, they love writers when we say glowing things about them and they hate writers when we express our opinions rightfully right right right, right. so it's uh it's it's quite a situation and like well while, while, while it's funny like i'm i'm, I'm gonna laugh about it's this more than for funny. a while and, and it's not me laughing at tizo or laughing about tizo you know i i haven't engaged with this stuff enough to form an opinion out of it i heard one song and i was like oh eh, this may not be for me but i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be like oh no nah, he's he's trash he's whack but um you know, it's just like you have to accept when you're working in a, a field of subjectivity, when you're working in a field where people aren't looking to say the most responsible thing. Sometimes they're looking to say the funniest thing. Sometimes they're just trashing things for engagement. You got to accept that sometimes you're going to be the person getting thrown in, into the trash to make someone else laugh. And it sucks, but it, it doesn't change who you are. Like if you, you go through the comments, they Pitchfork got ratioed and it's so many people. <laughs> 596 quote tweets on this. How many likes? 99 likes. <laughs> 14 retweets. Re- 596 quote tweets. So many people are like, yo, Tizo's dope. Like, what's wrong with y'all? So it's like that support is there. So I, I haven't seen him react to it. So I, I, I don't know how he felt about it. But, like, hopefully he can check those quotes and be like, all right, people support me. And, you know, if this one publication doesn't fuck with me, like, that's that's okay. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. And I think it, it goes to a bigger conversation about, like, you know, the more serious side of the conversation. It's like these outlets have to be responsible as gatekeepers of the culture or mm-hmm. tastemakers specifically, mm-hmm. um, you know, putting you onto stuff before, you know, it's, it's their type of, you know, spaces that you got to be responsible in doing those sort of, like, journalistic due diligence you yeah know? like you got to do that yeah. like ain't no way that should have been tweeted without no quotes on it yeah right? that, that was nuts you know, like that sort of stuff and just, and because then it's 
It's also it's just a, it's a space where it's not even protecting Alphonse, right? Mm-hmm. It's not allowing Alphonse to even have this opinion without it looking crazy, right? Yeah. So, um, and you know, and everyone knows. I mean, if Tizo knows about this, he should be looking at this in a good way because what people are gonna do, like me, is gonna be like, man, I mean, I heard him on Tyler, mm-hmm. and we said it was, it's not, it was not memorable, but it wasn't. I don't remember because it was bad. Yeah. I don't remember because it was good, right? Yeah. It was just he was on there. I saw his name. And I was like, yeah. and I think he's on. We gonna run it up, right? I don't remember. But he's on one of them joints. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I mean, th- good for him. Like, I'm not mad at that. Uh, he didn't ch- detract from that project for me. Yeah. But it's like, he should be looking at this as like, oh, fire. Like, you know, someone said something contentious about me. It's going to expose me right. to people. Because people are going to be like, up. dang. Because, like, literally, my reaction, I'm going to be like, dang, Alphonse, it can't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, uh, yeah. to I, start the article. I'm like, dang, it can't be that bad, which I think will segue into our other conversation that we want to have. But I'll mm-hmm. let you express that. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and like when when someone expresses such vitriol over something and you're not familiar with it, what do, what do you do? You check it out for yourself right. so you can form an opinion about it. So right. I think a lot of people who are in our position where we weren't that familiar are probably going to do that. So he, he probably gained some new fans off of this. And right. like, you know, you, you have to look at it that way. Not not everyone is gonna like you, and yeah. that's okay. And that's okay because it's hard. <laughs> At the end of the day, if you're looking for everybody to like you, are you being you? Yeah. Are you being the most authentic you? Yeah. And that's one thing too. You know, when people, I mean, fans aren't responsible. Fans don't be knowing. Usually like, not. You know, no. whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, this is this is probably incrementally. If you look at the day the article came out till after, I'm sure Tizo streams went up on a mm-hmm. probably like a little spike. You mm-hmm. know, just to show an uptick and just people just checking out for themselves. Like. Yeah. I mean, I heard him on Tyler, but dang, Alphonse, it can't be yeah. that bad, yeah. right? And you listen, and then you form your own opinion or whatever. But I think this gets to the point that we were talking about earlier. Because when I was reading, I was like, God, why spend so much time on something you don't like that much mm-hmm. and writing? Which was, you brought up that point about um, who brought it up. Mel. Yes. Mel put out a question based off of this, this article. Um, he asked... Should writers write about things they don't like or should critics write about things that they don't like? And he got a bunch of quote tweets where it was a lot of writers responding to him, event, uh, especially, and they were like, yes, we should. You know, we should do it with responsibility. But, yes, we should write about things that we don't like. Like, the whole, for me, the whole purpose of being a critic is to critique things. And even the things that I like, I critique them. Like, Certified Lover Boy, I, 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 I'm going to go back to this a lot. I like it, but there are things that I feel about it that I'm willing to critique about, despite right. my bias and my connection right. to, to OVO being the OVO fanboy. Like, I'm okay saying, oh, yeah, I like this, but I also dislike this, and I think that's really important. Like, what good is everyone just only saying good things about music? Like, that's it's just not realistic because we all don't like the same things, and that's how a lot of these debates start is, like, you know, some people really love Donda, so they they – they prop Donda up. Some people love CLB. They prop CLB up, and they don't, and they don't like Donda. And then you go back and forth on that. Like, it's just unrealistic for us all to like the same things. And you know, I think our job as writers, especially, is to present these perspectives that open people's minds. Like, rather than just being like, "Oh, this beat was dope," or "Oh, this one line was dope." Like, writing about an arrangement, writing about a sample, writing about a callback to someone's old work, it gets people to think about things in, in a different way and opens their ears up. So. I I'd have no problem with people writers writing about things that they don't like. I I encourage it. I embrace it. it. It also helps you as a writer too. Like 
you know, I, I, I can go on and on saying glowing things about yeah. whatever, but it takes skill to say what you dislike about something, but also present it in a way where it's digestible for someone who feels opposite from you. Ooh. And that's the most important thing is to write in a way where even if someone disagrees with you, they can understand you and they respect you. And some of the best people do that. Craig Jenkins at uh, he's at New York Mag and Vulture. You know, I don't always agree with him, but every time I read it, I'm like, okay, like I right. I, I see why you feel that way, so I'm right. I'm not mad. Alphonse, like I said, I agree with him sometimes. I disagree with him sometimes. He usually just makes me laugh with what he says. Right. So I'm like, you know what? Like I'm, some, I, I'm yo. entertained reading this, so I'm I'm not mad at it. Even if I completely disagree with you, you made me laugh. So that's that's perfectly fine. Um, who else does a really good job of? Uh, Fraser Tharp, I, I don't always agree with him, but like he he writes extremely well. Like the the the, the best writers can find that middle ground between the people who agree with them and the people that disagree with them, and make it so they're still willing to engage with the content and disagree, but it's it's still digestible for them. Yeah. So it's 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 really interesting uh, when I think about critics, and we talk about just critique as a whole, critique of art. Mm-hmm. And then because we know there's so many people who go to pitch for, it's odd, I think, to go to such a prestigious, if you will, um, place or like a who's covering the niche sort of at the you know ground level sort of type of music, mm-hmm. art, whatever it is, to go to those type of outlets because you want to delve a little layer deeper, mm-hmm. then taking their critique of something, but then... What I'm getting at is at the point that sometimes I feel like I get worried about the average listener or the average person being swayed by a negative review of something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Of something that they would like yeah. and not being able to do the due diligence to try for themselves. Like, for example, movie reviews, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like, I never, like, a Rotten Tomatoes and all that, I was like, oh, I, I know people who literally will not see a movie if the Rotten Tomatoes is not hit. Yeah. I know people who will literally not go to a restaurant if... They've been told to go there, whatever, but the Google thing is not hitting or the mm-hmm. Yelp is not hitting, right? Yeah. And I find that so strange. It's like, why are you basing the opinion of someone you don't know? And then why are you letting that be your your source material, your guide mm-hmm. to whether or not you're going to like something you haven't tried? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and that's what, and that's, I guess, the, maybe the only caveat, if you will. You would hope that Pitchfork listeners and readers are a little bit more responsible right? to be able to yeah. understand the nuance of like Alphonse expressing his opinion yeah. versus like him saying that this is law. Yeah. Right? You know? And, and that's that's one of my biggest problems is like I, I got into a debate like a month ago, two months ago, where someone tried to tell me the consensus on an artist because they read Metacritic. And I'm like, wow. Metacritic aggregates their wow. scores from other publication scores they aggregate them they build an average from that but like that doesn't mean anything what does that mean there's actually mean? there's so many critics in the world at the highest places critics at pitchfork and gq and new york mag and billboard some of them with their own independent blogs some of the independent writers are better than some of the people at the biggest blog so now. it's like you, you know you're you're getting Think this you're getting this limited perspective and you're using it to broaden to the entire music landscape which just isn't true like especially when this artist is one of the biggest artists in the world like there's the consensus on him isn't just based off of the people who are writing about him it's also the streets yeah the streets (laughs) the numbers like the charts like the critics may feel one way but the numbers reflect something completely different so you you can't you can't 
have an idea of how the world and the music world feels about someone just person. based off of you're one person what a publication or multiple publications puts out because there's so many other publications who are doing really really dope independent work and they just aren't up there because you know they they, they it's not their time or whatever so yeah like i completely agree with you like i've never I usually don't read reviews at all until I listen to something just so I can develop my own perspective about it. And then I'll start reading reviews to see how people I respect or people that I might not even like that much to see how they feel about it. Because I, I, I value that diversity of, of, uh, of opinion. You know, so you might say something that opens my mind up to something else and I can listen again. But it's really dangerous to let like, yes, I get paid to write and I, I take a lot of pride in that because I've worked hard to get to this point. And I like to think that I have a very responsible and very detailed and expressive way of talking about music right. where people can understand it and digest it. Even if they Your don't style, agree, yeah. they, they appreciate the way that I um, articulate myself. So I take a lot of pride in that, but at the end of the day, I'm just a person with a music opinion. Come on now. I, I like, and I, I was talking to my boy Adam about this, uh, on Thursday night, because he uh, he he gave he had an extra ticket to a show at Brooklyn Mirage, Porter Roberts, Rob Robinson, Jai Wolf, James Ivy. It was EDM music. It was I was sober, so it was interesting. But it was it was it was enjoyable though. For me, it's like EDM is weird because like they it, they very minimal on the lyrics. Like I, I need lyrics I can get into, especially if I'm not at the place where I could just sink into a beat and just <laughs> all that. But we're having a conversation, and he he brought up you know my certified lover boy perspectives on episode one, and I was like, yeah man, like that's just how I felt, and I, I've 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 never said that in conversation with people because. So many people come to me for my opinion on music, and while I really appreciate it, it like it's it's so flattering. I don't want them to think I'm some supreme authority on music on. because of where I've written, right. because I get paid to write. Like while I take a lot of pride in it, I'm just a nigga with an opinion. That's all <laughs> I am. I'm just a nigga with a music opinion. I got ears just like you. Well, me, no, your your ears are special. Thank you, thank you're you. <laughs> but, but like my my approval of something should not dictate your approval of something that's my point my disapproval of something should not dictate your disapproval of something so when people like ask me for my opinions i'll give them but these days when i'm in music conversations i try not to even like talk too much because as we've said so many times on this podcast for better or for worse some casual music listeners they'll just say that's dope that's fire i, I like it it's top five Chatter. me Chatter. i come Chatter. in with the nuance the analysis and like i almost feel like i make the conversations not fun especially if i don't <laughs> like something that they like i, I, I like i don't want to break down ah the mixing was off there all that and like i, I don't want to ruin someone else's enjoyment of something so i try to withhold my opinion which is kind of which almost feels contradictory to me saying like, like while I try to withhold my opinion in conversation, I think that I should be able to express my opinion if I dislike something through written, you know, written mediums. But it's like the problem is people get so offended by someone else's opinion. Why? <laughs> and I, I mean, in, at certain points too, it's just like you hold your opinion because you said you just do it with an opinion. Yeah. At the same time, it's just like, bro, what are we actually talking about at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. It's music, man. Yeah. Like, it's got to make you feel something. Mm -hmm. It didn't make me feel a dang thing, mm -hmm. but it made this dude feel something. And that's right? okay. And it's like, enjoy we, what we you cool enjoy. With that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, and there's, I think it's about you having the nuance and the, the, the wherewithal to be able to realize, like, when you can flex certain musical intellectual muscles. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
we talking to each other, we're going to be like, bro, the, the vocals sound OD, OD compressed. Yeah. The the chorus didn't lift the song. Blah, blah, blah. We can get into the weeds with it, yeah. right? But when it's someone talking about a song that we really don't feel like much is there or whatever, mm-hmm. but they're like hot for it and they love it. Yeah. Hey, look, I don't really like it, mm-hmm. but keep liking it. Yeah. You do your thing. You enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because I can give you the reasons why, if you want to know. <laughs> yeah. But, like, truthfully, mm. you know, it's like, what are we talking about at the end of the day? It's yeah. music, bro. Like, it's yeah. art. It's food. It's culture. It's whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, I think it's it's really strange. Like, sometimes people don't, people take themselves too seriously with critique. 100%. And then sometimes people don't, I think, critique enough. Yeah. And yeah. are just too accepting. So it's yeah. about finding that happy balance and that happy medium, be able to just kind of, like, you know, say say what you need to say without detracting from someone else's experience. Yeah, I'm only ever speaking for myself. Even if I am commissioned on a publication to say something, I am only ever speaking for myself and how I felt about something. And so I hope nothing that I've written, and I really haven't any, had any cr- super critical articles come out yet on any other platforms, but I hope, you know, that y'all never take anything I say and use it to hate a certain platform because that's just, that's not the case. Like, they they they, they commission writers that they respect. They don't commission people who only align with what they're looking for because that's also just unethical. Like it, 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 it's bias, and that's not what you're not supposed to pro- promote or project bias in 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 music critique because it's it just it's not it's not fair. It's it's not in fairness to the artist. And so you know, like I, people don't be surprised in a month or two if Tizo puts out a project and and there's a review of it that's that's good. And then it's like you know people are gonna. In, in, People in the position now where they hate Pitchfork, they'd be like, oh, well, okay. They Did they change their mind? Or are they flip-floppy? Did they not give enough attention? It's like, no, Alphonse said this, and whoever might review him in a couple months said this. And, like, that's right. that's just what it is. There is there is a wealth <laughs> of opinions in, in music, and that's something that we have to accept. And we have to stop getting so tense with one another and so argumentative and i know social media you know thrives off negativity it thrives off that level of engagement but it's just it's it's gross because we 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 really miss the point like we really miss the point sometimes <laughs> yeah we're different people I, I might like cheeseburgers you might like hot dogs does that mean we have to dislike each other no we just like different things and that's that's completely okay like so um I yeah it, I enjoyed that. no i was just i was just saying i enjoyed i enjoyed that that conversation, that's nuance, you know. Yeah. That's nuance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I would encourage you all, if you haven't read the article, it is <laughs> called Tizo Touchdown is the Insufferable Fashion Rapper of the Moment by Pitchfork. Read it. Let us know how you feel about it. Um, and, yeah, my my main critique there is really just the 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 social posting of it. That That's just not okay. Like even as someone who has been paid and is getting paid by Pitchfork, I if I were in, involved with the social media posting of articles, I would be like, "Yo, do not post that that way because that's that's just it's not okay." Like it's it, and Pitchfork Pitchfork has dealt with backlash for years, so I'm I'm, I'm sure they don't they don't bat an eye to it. But it's like <laughs> you you might discourage writers from wanting to write for you because you. They might be presented in a negative light when their when their article may contain more nuance. You know, for for Alphonse, he was he was going in, so it's like this is very true to what the article is. And I, I you know, I, I guess like I can, there's a part of me that can admire the authenticity and, and and the lack of fear in putting that out that way. But um, it's dangerous, man. It's dangerous. It's 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 really dangerous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's really all that is. People just accept 
you have your opinion. I have my opinion. We can still get along. <laughs> we can still have a beer and talk it out. I'm not an expert. I'm just a dude with an opinion who gets paid for his opinion. So, you know, this is cool, but I'm still just a dude with an opinion. Yeah. And my opinion isn't better than yours because of the fact that I get paid for it. And I think, you know, we all just have to. Music is supposed to be communal. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be enjoyable, you know, even if we disagree. And that's that's the biggest thing. And, you know, for these artists, like, I get it. You know, you want to be accepted. You want to be loved. Uh, Tizo looks very young, so I get it. You know, he's he's very, it's like, yo, like, dang, like that, saying something like that could could negatively impact his career. But I, I, I don't think it will. Because no, at so. the end of the day, it's, even if it's one of the biggest publications in the world, it's one opinion. Yeah. So. That is that. Uh, let's jump into this bulletin board, some upcoming announcements. So South by Southwest 2022, the initial showcasing lineup has been announced. Um, I've never been to South by Southwest. I, I would like to go at some I'm point. I'm supposed to perform. Really? Yeah. Oh. 2020. Clipped. Ah. Mm. Clipped. Well. That just means it's gonna come back. Pandemicized. It's gonna be pandemicized. We got pandemicized. <laughs> it's gonna come back and it's gonna be even bigger, man. You're gonna be one of the headliners. Um, do we know the the lineup? No. I mean, I don't know. We can do a quick Google search. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you was gonna be ready with that. Woo. I mean, it's a bunch of people. Uh, I don't let's know. see. Let's see. Let's see. We, I don't we can, know we these can, people. We can throw out a couple names. Throw out a couple names. I'm sorry. Do 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 do. We got Maxo Cream, of course, of course. Maxo, um, Duma, Ezra Furman, Claire Rose, Rose, a giant dog, Kristen Hirsch, Bridget May Power, Maria BC, Silver Synthetic, Delta Spirit. Okay, cool. Some, a lot of names I don't know to be honest but shout out maxo um next up uh adele one night only tv special coming on sunday november 14th one thing about me i'm going to tap into some adele facts and y'all should tap in too uh the digilog and recording academy you could talk about that. They, they, they've connected so digilog shout out to to drew what's up drew yeah uh digilog and the recording academy are collaborating on an event it's about uh the voting and professional membership process for the grammy uh, you and so it's a free event RSVP from the Digilog. Follow them on Twitter for that information. It's a free virtual workshop. It's November fourth, seven to eight thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and the Adele one night only special will be on CBS, and it's ooh with the Oprah interview. She can interview Oprah <laughs> on the Civis. We're here. We're here. Uh, as we announced, uh, episode one, Reggie Beckton will be performing at Elsewhere alongside Grace Weber on November 3rd. Make sure you get your tickets. Let's link up. Let's drink up. And lastly, our guy Stats, uh, one of the producers of our theme song and the, the vo- vocals you hear on our outro alongside Nick. Um, he's an artist from Harlem. He recently released his project, Love Slash Life. Now, Stats is someone who, I don't know if I've ever gotten to talk about him on the podcast, but he is a... Yeah musical genius the man quite literally can do it all watching him work in the studio his production his singing his rapping his ad-libs his backup vocals he is one of the most talented people that i've ever come into contact with um and it's really exciting to see him finally put out his own project you know he's been a feature on so many different uh, grizzy stuff yow stuff g stuff but to see him really do his own thing it's it's exciting it's really exciting and he's been building up to this for a while so yeah um project is cool i definitely encourage y'all to tap in and um yeah i want to talk stats we love you man we appreciate you mm-hmm. uh i'm just very very thankful for you coming into my life my brother we love you 
This is a great project. Also, I'm playing on, for y'all who haven't heard this, I'm playing on the last track, playing <laughs> keys on it, you know, strides, mm-hmm. a little background vocals on the one before that. But you know how we do. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, really very happy for Stats. This is going to be a great project, y'all. Um, and Stats will be someone you're going to hear in about two seconds when we play this outro, y'all. So check <laughs> that it out. That is fact. So for me, the Billboard Bald Nigga Baller, for my brother Nick, the Water Jug Warden, we encourage you all to stay safe, stay humble, and stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Take your time, get it right if you miss me. Got the slides, got the slides. I'm the size, I'm the size.